Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. It's great to see all of you today. I, I commend you for making it out on this three weeks into spring winter day. Um, it's good to see you here, worship the Lord with you. Um, want to welcome those who also who, who may be listening to the podcast, right? It's always good to have you there and uh, trust it'll be a blessing to you. Well, last week we started a, a series of sermons entitled Trespassers, and it comes right out of um, the Lord's Prayer, or maybe you, you learned group calling it Our Father Prayer, but right in the middle of it, it says what? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This idea of trespassing, crossing the line. So we learn right away, right here in the middle of that prayer that we cross God's line. We are trespassers who, who need his forgiveness and uh, uh, that others also trespass against us. And that's what we really wanna focus in on today. Uh, we talked last week about how important forgiveness is because if we don't forgive, eventually we become bitter. And you remember, bitter is poisonous. Bitter is poison to the soul. And so we slowly but surely poison ourselves when we don't forgive. And then we begin to poison those around us as well. So it is crucial that we forgive. So how do we do that? What does it mean to forgive and how do we do that? Uh, that's what we wanna talk about today. I think we all uh, have just well, uh, far too acquainted with um, having somebody do wrong to us, right? Being treated unfairly, being treated harshly. Maybe somebody lies to us, somebody cheats us, somebody steals from us, somebody uh, cusses at us, gets angry at us, throws something at us, uh, maybe just devalues us, ignores us, or whatever, and we get this, this feeling of being wounded, maybe feeling of injustice sometimes. This isn't fair, this isn't right. Uh, and, and we have this experience and our, all of those feelings are very natural. Sometimes we respond with anger, right? Anger comes to the surface and, and some, some, depending on our personality, some of us express that anger, other of us don't, we just hold it in and seethe on it. Uh, we can uh, begin to plot our revenge. Uh, we can begin to talk evil about someone. We can, uh, all these kinds of things, these are all very natural responses. Um, but our natural responses, I mean, we have, let me back up, the initial responses, those feelings of anger, the feeling of hurt, uh, sadness, injustice, whatever, those feelings, we really don't have control over. They just happen to us, right? You didn't sit around and think, when somebody treats you a certain way, you think, now, hmm, how should I respond to that? No, what? The emotions came, right? They were there, the feelings came. And for some of you, that meant me no emotions because you might just immediately withdraw. Either way, those things happen to us. The, the question is, what do we do on going from there? When that stuff hits, now what do we do with it? And that's where if we hang on to it, we let it grow, we use it to plot, or, or, we, or we do, just really withdraw more from life and relationships. Whatever it is we do, that's not good. And what it takes us to is this place that we looked at last week, where the Apostle Paul says, bitterness 
wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking with all malice. Ill feelings toward people, wishing them ill, uh, hoping that things don't go well. All these things, it really becomes ugly. And the anchor where there's bitterness. And like I said, that poisons us. We sometimes, you know, if, if you don't forgive someone, you think, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm going I'm to hold on to this. And you think you've hurt them. But you're hurting yourself, not them. Because you know what? Sometimes they don't even know. They aren't even aware. All right? So we want to say, well, how do we respond to it rightly then? Well, the initial feelings are still going to come to you. You know, even if you're, you set your life pattern, say, okay, I want to respond properly. I want to respond like a Christian. I want, to, I want to do what I'm supposed to do. Those same feelings come. The anger still comes, depending on, on your personality. The anger comes, or the hurt, or the sense of injustice, or the, the wanting to run away from it, or, or whatever. Those things still come up, whether you're a Christian or not. They happen to you. The question, what do we do about it if we want to respond as a Christian? Well, we respond as a Christian, we realize we can't stay there. We have to deal with it differently. And this is what we looked at that verse last night, or last week, the, the second verse of that passage. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So we want to be that place that our response can be kindness, and our response can be that our heart is for these people. Well, how do we do that? Well, the anchor word here is forgiving. And those are our two choices, really, forgiving or we end up eventually with bitterness. That's our choice here today, every day. So what we want to do is say we want to forgive. We want to do what we're supposed to do. How in the world do we do that? When someone sins against us, someone does us wrong, how do we forgive them? What, what's involved with that? I want to start off with a warning, okay, just to give you a heads up. You may hear things here today as we consider what God has to say about that that is the first time you've heard and you say, wait a minute, I don't know about that. That doesn't, you know, because your whole life you've never looked at it that way, all right? If that's the way you're feeling, that's okay. That, that's normal if that's where you're coming from. But what I want you to do is when you, if you see or hear something like that and you say, hey, I don't know about that, don't check out. Stay engaged and think, okay, so let me understand. What is it you're saying? What is God saying? I really do want to know, okay, so stay checked in with us. Uh, the other thing is that you may already have heard, so this won't be something new, but you will hear something of an application of God's word today. You go, you know, I don't really want to hear that right now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with that right now. I don't know if I want to let go of that right now, okay? So, but again, don't check out. Check in and say, okay, God, I need to hear from you. What is it you need me to know and see, and what is it you want me to do? Let's yield ourselves to him, Okay? And so uh, God has plenty to say about this. And it is really, really important. Now, for us to be able to think, how do I forgive someone? We have to make sure we understand what the Bible means when it talks about forgiving somebody, okay? So here's our definition of forgiveness. We, we talked about this last week. It means to cancel a debt, okay? Uh, and we get that idea uh, in, in finances, right? Because if you owe a debt, and somebody tells you one day, you know what, I'm forgiving that debt. By the way, is that good news? Amen. We like that, right? 
Okay. But we have a, a, a sin debt as well, a sin debt before us and God. We, we have transgressed, we've trespassed his, his line where he said, don't go across this line in your life. And, and we've done all that and we have this sin debt, which Jesus paid for. And, and if we have to pay that debt, if we try to pay that debt, the Bible says we will try to pay that debt forever in hell. We won't be able to ever pay it off. Okay. But when Jesus died for us, he paid the penalty. And when we receive him as Savior, open up our lives to him, he cancels the debt. Is that good news? He cancels the debt. Okay. Now, it, it, the word also means to send away. The idea is not only did, did the Lord cancel our debt, he sent it away. Okay. And, and I, I can envision it sort of like this. That, okay, let's say, say this is, uh, represents my sin. Not only uh, has he canceled the debt, he's... Now, I'm not going to throw my glasses because I need them in a little bit. <laughs> right? But phew, he sends them away. Okay? Um, and so when we're thinking about forgiving people, we have to make a determination to forgive their debt to us. I mean, are you like me that when somebody does you wrong and you really feel like you've been done wrong, that you feel like they owe you an apology? You guys are all sitting, sitting there like, I don't know what he wants us to say. I want to say what you think. You ever feel like someone owes you an apology? Or they need to make things right, they need to do this and that and the other thing. But the Bible talks about that when we forgive them, we cancel that debt. Okay? And not only do we cancel it, we send it away. Here's what we tend to do. Again, let's let this represent the sin of somebody against me. Uh, at least I think it's a sin. Maybe it isn't. But I feel like it's wrong done to me. And, and they hurt me. And I say, okay, I'm going to forgive this person. All right, I'll cancel the debt. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just set this right here. Okay, I just set it down right here next to me. And, but I, I don't care. I've forgiven. And then what happens at some point, this person, maybe not even to you, you see something, hear something, they do something, and what do you do? I knew it. See? And you bring it right back up, and you can use it. You can justify yourself with it. But the Bible says, no, no, no. If we're going to forgive like the Lord has forgiven us, we need to not only cancel the debt, but send it away. Send it away. And then the last part of, of the definition of, a, of one of the other words that talks about forgiveness is to be motivated towards someone on the basis of grace. And when grace is the motivation, we aren't considering whether somebody deserves it or not. You see, when God moved toward us with his grace and chose to redeem us, he wasn't basing it on whether we deserved it or not. Right? Aren't you glad he just loved us and moved toward us in grace? And so that's what needs to happen with us when we forgive as well, that we just become gracious toward this person who has offended us. Now, um, I assume that as we talk today that uh, I'm, I won't cover everything, I won't say everything perfectly, you know, there'll be all sorts of things might pop into your mind, questions you might have, and that's good, that's not a bad thing. Hang on to those questions and we can... Continue the conversation at some point. But these questions often come to mind, and that's that, well, if I forgive this person, then I'm saying it's okay what they did to me. Right? I mean, that's, isn't that what it's saying? It feels like I'm saying it's okay, not a big deal. Uh, or we might say, well, if I, if I forgive them, then they're off the hook. <laughs> they did something wrong, and I'm letting them off the hook now. You know, they don't have to pay. They, you know, 
Uh, they don't get what ought to come to them, and it doesn't seem right somehow. Or we might even think, okay, if I forgive someone, then what am I saying? We're just going right back to the way things were before? Because we're reckoning, you know, I mean, what's it mean? So we have these kinds of questions, and I think that they arise probably because we don't have a clear enough understanding of what we're talking about when we're talking about forgiveness. And so I want to take a little bit of time here and make sure we're clear, because we confuse some concepts, all right? So there's three things we want to look at here and talk about. One is forgiveness, one is justice, and the other is reconciliation. Now, Sometimes in the Bible, when it talks about forgiveness, it includes all three of those. When it talks about us receiving forgiveness because we've received Jesus as Savior, it's talking about all three of those. See, this idea of justice is the, the legal aspect, the law. Reconciliation is about restoring the relationship. And that on this, April the 4th, 1975, when I finally said, okay, God, I get it, I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose, and I, I received Jesus as my Savior. At that point, not only was every sin forgiven, but the fact that I deserved to go to hell, that's what I had earned, was also, I was pardoned. God pardoned me for that, the justice aspect. And then he reconciled me to himself. He, he brought me back into this relationship with him. And so sometimes forgiveness means all of those things. But there are other times when the Bible's talking about forgiveness, it doesn't mean all three of those things at all. Forgiveness in and of itself is about, not about what's happening out here, it's about what's happening inside of me when I'm forgiving, okay? So let's talk about this a little more. This idea of justice. Can you set aside God's law for somebody? Can you? Well, what I mean by that's a good question. What does it mean? Can I, in other words, God has said, this is wrong. And if you do certain things, there end up sometimes being certain ways that he deals with it. God has set that up. If you say, I forgive someone, are you letting them off the hook with God? No, no you're not, see? You need to understand. See, it's not about letting them off the hook with God. If someone has broken the law in sinning against you, this happens in, in abuse kinds of situations or other kinds of things where someone has stolen something or... Um, whatever, legal things, can you set aside the law for them? No. Now you might think, well I don't have to press charges, but let me just tell you the truth. It, the prosecutor decides who they charge, not you. Now you could express to a prosecutor, you know what, I really don't wanna do this and I don't wanna, and he might take that into consideration, but you don't get to set it aside. Somebody else does. Okay, so again, if I forgive someone, you know, they've done me wrong and I forgive them, then they no, if they've broken the law, they may very well have to pay the penalty. If someone has uh, a, a, an abuse situation or, or if it was theft or even murder, you know, you can forgive the person who did it, but you can't set aside their penalty. That's not your role. You see, you don't have that authority. So forgiveness does not mean that. Same thing, you can't even set aside the law of sowing and reaping for somebody. They have sown things in their life. They've sown seed with how they're acting, what they've done. They will reap from that and you can't set that aside. So understand this, this idea of forgiving, canceling the debt, sending it away and, and acting with grace doesn't let them off the hook with God, with the law, with the law of sowing and reaping. Doesn't let them off the hook at all, okay? And finally, this idea of reconciliation, this idea of 
getting back together in the relationship. Uh, a few weeks ago, I don't know what, what sermon it was in, but we talked about reconciliation and say reconciliation requires, do you remember? Two people, doesn't it? For there to be reconciliation. And if you're the one who's been offended, you're one of those two people. And you have both the right and the responsibility to make a choice about whether you reconcile. Now, let me say this. If someone, it's just a personal thing between you and someone else and you can reconcile, that's good news. Do it. Restore the relationship. It's really cool when you make up, isn't it? Okay? Especially when it's between you and your spouse, all right? And uh, you make up. But there are things in life which it said it could be an abusive situation. It could be a situation where you wouldn't be safe. Uh, it can be sometimes that, you know, just too much water has gone under the bridge and it can't be recovered, whatever. And you might make a determination that um, we're not going to reconcile. But you can still forgive in your heart, in your mind. And that is what we're talking about. And that is crucial. Let me just uh, show you from the Word a couple of these things. The idea of justice. Do you think that the Apostle Paul probably practice what he preached? I think he probably did. I don't think he was perfect, but I think he was probably consistent. And he says this here, he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. He's writing this in a public letter. And he says, may the Lord repay him according to his works. I want you to see something here. See, the apostle Paul, I believe, had forgiven him. I believe in himself he was free from this because he had forgiven. But that doesn't take away the problem. A big thing that Paul did here. Paul said, who will take care of that? Who will take care of it? God will take care of that. That's God's thing, not mine. Okay? All right. And then we talk about uh, reconciliation, this idea. Let's look at the next verse there. Um, yeah, so we're, there you go, too. He says this. He says, you also beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. So again, Paul is saying, he, this has happened, and there is no reconciliation here, right? In fact, you need to look out for this guy. He's trouble. So you see how we have forgiveness separate from justice? We have forgiveness separate from reconciliation. You guys feel like you're tracking with that? Okay. If you aren't, please talk to me afterwards. So go ahead and go another slide there if you would. That's right. Now, sometimes we, we think, well, don't they have to repent before I can forgive them? Right? And they, they don't even admit they're wrong. How can I forgive them if they won't even admit that they did it? Well, right at the top, our example is Jesus on the cross. As they're crucifying him, saying, what? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Okay? And so they certainly didn't repent. They didn't think they were doing anything wrong. And yet the Lord has this heart of forgiveness toward them. And so can we and so should we. So here's something that I want you to understand. Uh, it's um, really valuable to you. That your forgiveness of someone is first and foremost for you. Okay? It's about you. It's about what's happening in your heart. It's about what's happening in your mind. It's about decisions that you're making. And so forgiving is really first and foremost for your benefit. Now, let me back up. I should say always, everything that we do the greatest motivation ought to be because we love the Lord and want to honor him with our lives. And this is what he's told us to do. 
But after that, the reality is that forgiveness is first and foremost for us. And I, I found this really neat quote. A man named Lewis Smead said this. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. See, when we don't forgive and we hold it over someone's head, who's the one struggling and suffering? We are, not the other person. And so we think we're setting the free, but really we're setting ourselves free. All right, let's go to a passage of scripture that's gonna provide us with a couple of big insights, I think, related to forgiving other people. Matthew chapter 18. If you don't have a Bible with you, I really encourage you to pick up one of those under the chairs and turn to page 1,134. It'll, it'll really help you to, if you follow along with what we're reading here. Page 1,134, Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read a parable. Let me talk to you about parables for just a little bit. Uh, when you study parables, what we know is parables are stories that illustrate something, Okay where Jesus kind of lays the story alongside something he's trying to explain. And, and so things in that story represent things that Jesus wanted to talk about. Very important that you don't misunderstand this. That doesn't mean when you go look at a parable that every detail in the parable represents something. It doesn't, okay? But there are a few key things that become very obvious. What was Jesus wanting us to understand? And we'll see that as we go through. Verse 21. Then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter thought he was being very generous, right? I'm going to forgive him seven times. And, and the, the, the number seven in the Bible is, often refers to this idea of a completeness. And so it's, surely if I forgive him seven times, that's, that's sufficient. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Okay, somebody do the math. 490, that's right, 490 times. Jesus, not seven, 490. Now, I don't think Jesus was handing uh, Peter a checklist with 490 boxes on it, right? The point he's trying to make is you just keep forgiving. You keep forgiving. Verse 23, therefore, and here's where he goes to the parable, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. So this is what they used to could do. They could take all of you, you and your family, and sell you into slavery and take that money to help pay towards the debt. Verse uh, 26. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. Now, we're going to look more closely at this in a minute, but just understand, 100 denarii is very much smaller than 10,000 talents. Verse, oh, let me see. Owed him 100 denarii, and he took, laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
Again, the idea they could throw you into debtor's prison and hoping that your family would work hard and figure out how do we pay this off so they could get you out. Verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And that term torturers refers to the jailers, and it was the jailer's job to make sure that uh, the prisoner's life here was unpleasant. And by so doing, again, causing the family to be even more motivated to figure out how do we get him out of there, okay? Verse 35, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow, we gotta think about that for a little bit. All right, so as we, we wanna talk about this parable and what it means. Um, let's talk about what actually happened, what the deal was. We need to understand the money that was being talked about here. One denarius equaled one day's wages the average worker, okay? One talent was equivalent to 6,000 denarii, or 6,000 days wages. 10,000 talents then, at the minimum wage in the state of Massachusetts, works out to over $5 billion, okay? That's a huge debt, insurmountable probably. 100 denarii is equivalent to about $8,800 now. How many of you $8,800, if someone owed you $8,800, would be a significant debt? It would be for me. $8,800 significant to me. How does $8,800 compare to $5 billion? It's absolutely insignificant, isn't it? It's insignificant. And so the Lord is saying here, man, when it, here you are, I say the, Lord, you know, the Lord's using this parable to show that we have been forgiven so much. And, and so here I am on this side of things. This, let's imagine a fence here, and there's a gate. I can get back and forth with God, but God's on this side, right? And he is holy and righteous and pure and, and a judge of sin, and yet he has forgiven me, right? Who am on the other side of sin. I am a sinner. I repeatedly sin again and again and again. You know, you add it up. It's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times in your life where you've done your own thing instead of God's, all right? And so here we are on this side of the fence being, you know, a, a sinner. But when we don't forgive, when we, comp- let me back up. So somebody over here sins against us. How does their one or two sins against us, even if it's bad stuff, compare to what God has forgiven us? You see that? Wow, and so here's the problem. When we get on this side of the fence and say, oh, that person on that other side did me wrong, he sinned against me, she did me wrong, right? What we need to see is, no, wait a minute. I'm on the same side of the fence they are. Right? Just as much need of forgiveness as they are. And I should be so grateful and so overwhelmed that I realize, you know, what you've done to me, yeah, I didn't like it or wasn't right, but in the overall scheme of things, it just wasn't that big a deal. Now, 
Don't misunderstand. There are things that can happen that are our big deal in this life, and we have to deal with them. I'll, I'll mention a little more about that later. But generally speaking, most of the time, the things that we feel sinned against, if we will remember which side of the fence we're on, it will help us to forgive. Okay? And that's what the Lord is telling us here. Now, two things that we see from this parable. When you don't forgive, you're the one in prison. We already talked about that. You're the one who ends up in prison. You're not forgiving. You're the one who ends up imprisoned by your lack of forgiveness. You're imprisoned by your bitterness. You're imprisoned with everything that goes along with that. Okay? Second thing is this, that you will be increasingly tortured by the consequences of bitterness. You will be increasingly tortured. I mean, it'll get worse. The longer you hold on to your bitterness, the worse it gets. And, and, and you just hunker down and you get, you know, in, in, embedded in it and... and it affects, if, when you wake up in the morning, it affects you. When you see things and hear things in the daytime, it affects you. Your relationships, it affects them. And as you lay your head down at night, it affects you. We already talked about it, it can affect your health. But you see that? It just increasingly brings torment into your life. You've got to forgive. And it's, what's going to help you is remembering which side of the fence you're on. You're on the same side of the fence as that person who sinned against you. Now, let me get, talk about something that can help you to settle forgiveness in your heart. Okay, you're saying, I need to forgive. I'm going to forgive. Jesus said this. He says, love your enemies. And sometimes when somebody's hurting us or done something against us, we, we feel like they're our enemies, don't we? We might say, well, they're not really my enemies, but you know what? feels like they're my enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Okay, so let's talk about these four things that Jesus says. So to help you settle forgiveness in your heart, the first thing is you've got to love them like Jesus does. Did Jesus love them because they were nice to him? Did Jesus love you because you were nice to him? No, he chose to love you because you needed to be loved. And he chose to love you. And so we need to settle that in our hearts. Okay, I'm going to love this person. Remember, love is the idea of acting, choosing to act in someone's best interest, even when it's personally costly to you. Well, you've been hurt, and now you're called upon to forgive and respond in a way that might feel quite costly to you. But you're choosing to value this person enough to forgive. Love like Jesus. Second thing, talk good about them. As he said, bless those who curse you. Talk good about the people who have done wrong to you. This is um, so important. Let's go back. The old saying, you all heard it when you're growing up. If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And there's some sense in which this is going on here. The idea, our natural tendency is this. We've been done wrong. And, and you know, it hurts us. And maybe we've been done wrong more than once. And next thing we know, we find ourselves talking to someone and saying, well, let me share this with you. Don't, don't tell anybody else, but let me share this with you. And now you tell them what was done to you. And you're, you're taking a little bit of your bitterness and splashing on them. And then you, you do this with another person. And, and you do this with a, another person. Okay? Now, let me just put a little, it's not a disclaimer, but maybe clarification. There are definitely... Uh, 
There's nothing wrong. If you find yourself having been sinned against or you're feeling hurt and you don't know what to do and you're struggling with how to deal with it, nothing wrong with go, go talk to a pastor. Go talk to a counselor. Maybe one trusted friend who you know will tell you the truth. But even when you go to them, it's not about this other person. You're saying, I need help. I'm struggling. You have to really guard your motives because it's so easy to find yourself poisoning other people. And we're not supposed to do that. So if you're talking to other people about how you have been sinned against by this other person, you're now sinning. And you're sowing discord because what you're doing is you're, you're making people choose your side or the other side. In the book of Proverbs, it says God hates, hates it when his people sow discord. He hates it. In the New Testament, he says, you damage the church, I'll damage you. He'll bring chastisement into our lives. This is a serious thing, okay? We need to deal with it. Um, and like I said, if you need help with you, get it. That's different than going around and talking to people about it. Uh, talk good about them. Figure out ways to bless them. Do good things to help them. Well, this is crazy. <laughs> this is the person who heard me. And I'm just trying to forgive you. I say do good to them. Yes, this will really help to settle your forgiveness. I have chosen to forgive this person. I have canceled their debt. I've sent their sin away. I'm going to act with grace toward them. What can I do that would be a blessing to them? How can I help this person? Uh, years ago, uh, there was a person in my wife and I lives who, who really you know, just had not done right by us and it was a struggle and, and so you know, we knew we needed to forgive and we determined to forgive and purpose to forgive but she found herself still struggling when she you know, thought of this and so she got to think of what can I do and she came up with something that she wanted to do for this person and the family and she did it, it to bless them and encourage them. Now I don't know what they ended up thinking about it but it set my wife free. You see what I mean? She's no longer controlled by it. She's able to do what needs to be done. So do good things to help them. And then pray for God's best in their lives. This is not like this. This is not, uh, you know, oh God, you know the terrible things these people did to me. Get them, God. <laughs> There's, there is a, I mean, I understand the sentiment. And actually, you read through the book of Psalms, David's kind of there once in a while. But... Um, we need to pray something different. We need to pray, God, yeah, yeah I've been hurt. I, I, I'm choosing to forgive. I'm having a hard time without asking you to work in my life. But God, would you work in their life? Would you work in this person's life? God, I want your best in their life. And I'm leaving you, that to you, God, what that means. Probably they need to deal with it, right? But you're leaving that to God. Okay? And so these four things, love them like Jesus, talk good about them, do good things to help them, pray for God's best in their lives, all right? Then I want to say this to you, finish forgiving. Finish forgiving. Here's the reality, is that we can make this decision to forgive, feel like we've forgiven, we think we've forgiven, we aren't harboring ill will towards someone, but there can still be things going on in our lives that we haven't resolved. Let me give you an example. I, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, but a week ago yesterday as I was sitting, going through my sermon and thinking about it again, God brought someone to mind for me. Someone who had, you know, way back had done wrong and um, I felt like, you know, there were certain things they needed to do to make this right. You know, to make this right, they need to do this and this and this. 
okay? And I don't know that I was wrong about that. I think that there was a sense in which that would have been the right thing for them to do. But here I am years later looking at this and thinking about it, and, and the Lord says, okay, Walt, let's, let's talk about you, okay? You're playing this sermon for everybody else. Let's talk about you. And he brings this person to mind. And I realized that, yeah, yeah, well, that person probably ought to do those things. You know what? I'm canceling that debt. They don't owe me anymore. And let me tell you what it was like. It was like, <sighs> freedom. And it's so good. Besides, you may find yourself from time to time thinking, you know, oh, wow, you learned something. I need to forgive that. Um, it may be that you actually have, you know, you've, you've prayed, say, okay, God, I do forgive them. I'm, I'm canceling that debt. They don't owe me. I'm, I'm sending that away. I, my, my heart is about grace toward them. And, and you're doing these other things. And then one day down the line, when you're not even thinking about it, all of a sudden something happens and you find yourself feeling the same way again. Anybody besides me had ever happened to? But here's what you do. You say, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait. No, no. Lord, I forgave this person. Help me to remember that and live that out today. See what I mean? We've made that decision. We're not going to let Satan drag it up on us. All right. I'll try to go through this quickly. I want to give some signs that you haven't finished forgiving. If your first thought about them is usually how they hurt you, right? Now, if someone comes to mind and you see them and one of the very first things you think is what they did wrong to you, you may not have finished forgiving yet. Okay? Or most of your thoughts about this person are still negative. Well, yeah, there's a couple good things about them, but you know, right? So you may not have finished forgiving. Um, if the offense happened a long time ago, but you're still so hurt, that, that might tell you that you haven't really finished forgiving. Maybe you didn't even start, okay? Another sign that you haven't finished forgiving is that you try to avoid them if you're in the same place. You know, have you ever, you know, walked into the room and there's that person and you go, Somewhere else in the room? Now, I understand we may not have reconciled, but you may, so I'm saying, what's controlling you? It's not forgiveness that's controlling you. And so that may be evidence that you haven't finished forgiving. Uh, if you're quick to believe bad things about them, so all of a sudden you hear something about them that's bad, and you go, oh, yeah, I knew that, <laughs> right? I already knew that about them. Uh, well, let me just tell you, the one of the things that God has worked on me hard over the years, and that's this. That I'm going to tell you, okay, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and if I hear something bad about you, I am very slow to believe it. Because I love you. And I believe all good things about you, okay? And so if we're quick to believe bad things, we may not have finished forgiving. And, and if you'd be hesitant to help them if they were in need, you're driving down the road and you see them broken down on the side of the road. <laughs> Instead of pulling over, saying, do you need help? Last sign, that the thought that they might get what's coming to them makes you smile. Some of you just smile. That was kind of funny. Because <laughs> see, that's not where we're supposed to be. This forgiveness, you know, it's, it's amazing. If we really start forgiving like we're supposed to, doesn't mean we're removing the, the, the consequences, doesn't mean we're always reconciled, but inside of us, we're truly forgiving. People might think we're Christians. 
They just might think we're Christians. It's that big a deal. Now, after you forgive someone, you might realize it wasn't nearly as big a deal as you thought. That, that's been my experience over the years, an awfully lot of what I get upset about and hurt about. When I finally forgive it, I realize it wasn't that big a deal. The Apostle Paul talks about this in our relationships. In Colossians 3, he says this. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Make allowance for each other's faults. Are there any imperfect people in your life? Starting with you? Right? And so we need to get to the point where, why am I getting hurt? Look, I know, it's just, it's just part of who we are sometimes. We don't get it. We don't do things. Right? So we make allowances for each other's faults. So the idea is we may forgive and then realize, that wasn't a big deal. I don't need to do anything about it. However, after you forgive, you may realize it really was a big deal and that you need to talk to your offender. You need to talk to this person because of what they have done. Um, the significance of it, the harm of it, um, it's, it's open and clear sin. Um, now, let me say this to you again. You may not be the one to go talk by yourself. There are people that you should not probably go talk to by yourself. But generally speaking, you should, okay? The principle is this, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That's where we start. But there, like I said, there could be situations where you wouldn't be safe or there might be legal ramifications or the possibility of accusations because whatever, then you may have to take somebody else with you. But the, the idea is, generally speaking, is we want to address this personally with the person. Now, what if you do address it with them and, and they are unrepentant? I, I don't care, that's your problem. And, and you, it's sin, it's wrong. It isn't just a difference of opinion. Well, at that point, the Bible gives us the whole process, the kind of things we need to do. And rather, it's a different sermon. But at that point, I would say, at that point, you go find a pastor and you say, hey, I need to talk. And, and the pastor can help you then figure, here's how we proceed from that. All right? So I know a lot of stuff, and I, and I may have said stuff that, that raised big questions and red flags. If that's the case, um, let's talk. Don't reject what God has said, because I may not have said it exactly right, okay? I want to leave you with one thing. I've already said it today, but probably the, the biggest thing to help you, remember which side of the fence you're on, okay? That'll go a long ways towards you being able to forgive like God has told us to. Let's do this. Let's, let's bow our heads here today. I want to just end with a song um, about God's gracious forgiveness of us. Maybe help remind us we're on the same side of the fence as those who have sinned against us. Uh, so sing with me, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind. But now I see. And then consider that for all eternity, we're going to be with those 
other forgiven sinners who've sinned against us. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. Amen. Hang in here just a bit. Thank you for being patient. This is a longer sermon than usual. It's just such an important, important topic for us, okay? Uh, next week, we will talk about what, what about when you're the one who, who needs to be forgiven, okay? When you're the one who has done the wrong. How do we handle that, okay? Second thing, two weeks from today, all right? Everybody zoned in? We're all zoned in. Two weeks from today, the sermon is going to be on worship and our worship service and how, what we do in our worship services, why we do it and how we do it, all that kind of stuff. But here's what you've got to understand. We're, the sermon starts next Sunday, or that Sunday, two weeks, at 11 a.m. or at 9.30 a.m. In other words, the service will begin with sermon. And the sermon will be off and on throughout the worship service. But you've got to be here on time. And, and most of you guys do a pretty good job here. It's that first crowd we've got to get out. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're dismissed. Have a great time of fellowship.